What's up, fam? Welcome back to That's the Angle. And I got another epic, epic interview for you this time. I sit down with Ben Droz, aka the hemp guy. And this is it's actually kind of a crazy story how he even got on the show. Um, I had just interviewed Scott Parker uh, from the interview before this. I hope you listened to that. And afterwards, we were just kind of sitting around the studio hanging out, and Ben comes in just super hyped and super stoked. And he is also a cannabis lobbyist, right? And so what happened was some crazy big deal stuff happened in uh, Congress about uh, cannabis and legalization and what they agreed upon. And I don't want to spoil it, but he was so stoked and he just jumped right on the show and we had a great conversation. He broke it down exactly, you know, what's going on with cannabis, the state of it, uh, what this big day meant. I mean, this day was so big that he was like, yo, he was like, this is like a holiday. He was like, this is a landmark moment. I mean, he's a cannabis lobbyist for over 10 years, also a photographer, for over 10 years. And um, this is the most monumental day. So this was a huge day for him. So I had him on the show and he broke it down. Don't worry, guys. It doesn't get too crazy with the political speak. I slow him down and we all learn what is the future of cannabis. So I really hope you enjoy this uh, quite spontaneous conversation. Peace. Okay, Ben, so what happened in hemp world right now? You're about, I feel like you're about to throw some knowledge on me, man. What's going Great on? Time. Well, first I had to put on the bolo tie. Just What's with the bolo tie? I had to. So earlier today, I was wearing uh, the bolo tie with a three-piece suit, all set up, uh, up to the nines. I got to the hill. There was a an historic hearing today uh, in the cannabis movement and in the cannabis industry. Uh, today, what happened, dude? Um, so, you know, I've been working on this for 10 years or more. Uh, I, I moved to D.C. to be a hemp lobbyist over 10 years ago. Whoa. And I was working to, you know, get attention on the issue. Uh, hemp is a type of cannabis. And at the time, nobody was talking about cannabis. Uh, the legislation that I was working on and all cannabis legislation to date is always stuck and held up in the Judiciary Committee, mm. the House Judiciary Committee, and it's always referred to the Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, and Homeland Security. Whoa. When, when, you, when you talk, when you bring up cannabis. Yes. The cannabis legislation always gets referred to that committee because that is the committee that has jurisdiction over the Controlled Substances Act. Oh, and so hemp is categorized under the cannabis. Yes, hemp oh. was categorized. Hemp is no longer categorized under that. Hemp is now exempted from the Controlled Substances Act for the first time. Uh, it is Shit. completely ready to go. There's so much news on that, and you'll have to check out on that later. There'll be more stuff. And I actually am starting to roll out a little bit of a podcast. Okay. Um, the Hemp Guy. You can follow me on Instagram. Oh, shit. Uh, thehempguy.com. I'm at thehempguy on Instagram. So... There'll be a lot more updates on that because there's a lot of exciting updates from the hemp front. So what does this mean? So what does this mean now that hemp is distinguished from cannabis? There is a lot to go into there, but I kind of wanted to talk about what I was doing this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that's what you were talking about. Oh, that's what... Well, no, that's... The hemp thing okay, is no, a no, whole please. other thing. Okay, what were you talking today, about on Capitol Hill? Okay, today was yeah. an historic day. It is July 10th, 2019. It is 7 19 Whoa. Uh, if you know what 710 means, we'll go into that a little bit later, but it is 710. Um, and it was an historic day because for the first time ever, there was a standalone hearing on cannabis reform. And there have been, this is like a day that has been on the docket. We've been fighting for this day for years and years and years. I personally for 10 years, other people for decades, to get a hearing in the Judiciary Committee where the bill has been referred, just to have a hearing on a bill. Um, you know, if you remember old schoolhouse rock, I'm just a bill, just a... And that bill has to make it through committee, but getting a committee hearing is a huge <laughs> barrier to entry. Mm. Um, and so we've never actually had a committee hearing on the bill. Now we've we have been very it's it's been incredible that there have been um, there has been a lot more attention uh, on cannabis on Capitol Hill uh, certainly and there's now a number of amend there's a huge amount of bills uh, in Congress uh, there's some of those um, bills have made it made their way to be amendments in omnibus legislation. Okay, um, okay, well, slow down for a second. So, <laughs> so 
a bill was finally brought. Yes. And so for the first what, what, time. What is the bill? For the first time, the Judiciary Committee, uh, which the chairman uh, of that committee is Gerald Nadler, who has been a supporter of ours for many years, and the chairwoman of the subcommittee on crime, terrorism, and homeland security, Congresswoman Karen Bass from California, she held a hearing on cannabis reform in her subcommittee on, there were two pieces of legislation that, that they were looking at, and it really was a almost like a debate between these two bills. Um, cannabis, as I said, has come so far, and so there's the States Act, which has been a bipartisan bill for, for years now, um, and that was what everybody was supporting, but now there's a new bill called, I believe it's called the Marijuana Justice Act. What is that to? Um, and that actually goes further. That goes further than the States Act to actually make sure that the communities that have been harmed by the war on drugs actually get to benefit from the industry. Uh, right so now, is, is that what happened today? And they, so they were to, looking at that bill. And so today is what happened was um, there was a panel of speakers uh, that were being addressed by the Judiciary Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, and Homeland Security. And typically, whenever there's an opportunity like this, the Republican Party usually brings a witness that is anti Cannabis or anti the 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 issue that so that there's a debate going of who's, whether or not who's, it happens. who's on that panel is it like people like you so the Democrats choose the panel and choose choose some panelists and the Republicans choose some panelists ah and then they're who are they making their argument to um to the first of all the American people it was mm. it was live streamed on C-SPAN and Whoa. on the committee uh, on the committee page so that's public record the entire meeting is public record it was a public hearing. Um, I went there at 9.45 a.m., huge line out the door. You couldn't get in. I mean, I was late because there was a big line. Oh, wow. Totally packed the entire hearing room. Then they said there's an overflow room. Um, but I saw friends. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people, so I saw friends coming in and out. And then they're like, just say you're pressed. So I'm like, absolutely, I'm pressed. I took out my camera. I said, I walked right in. There was a special press area. Um, the room was packed. And it, like I said, was historic because it was the first time ever that cannabis has had a standalone hearing. So for cannabis activists and advocates around the country, they were, they were watching live uh, uh, for, this, for this day that just happened this morning. Wow. Okay, so they're both talking amongst each other, and then what happens? That's so epic. So, so what was so epic was that the republic was that everybody supported cannabis reform. Everybody said we agree. We all want cannabis reform. Whoa, across the board. Across the board. Liberals and Democrats, or fuck, conservatives and, and liberals. Absolutely. Democrats, Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, Republic wow. people, liberals, progressives. Holy shit. Everybody. And not only that, not only did everybody say that they wanted cannabis reform, um, you know, we said. You know, there might have been people that could have showed up to say they don't support it, but they were scared. They didn't want to come in there. Oh, I mean, the, the Democrats on the left were five. so forceful about what they were doing that they were just reiterating the history of prohibition and in such a way that you couldn't even oppose what they were saying because they actually took the conversation much further. It used to be about cannabis. Is it good or bad? Yeah. Here, everybody agreed cannabis is totally misregulated. It should not be a Schedule One drug. Everybody agreed of that. And you're talking on a federal level. On a federal level. Um, so literally it was a true history lesson. If you, I definitely, you can, may, you know, you can definitely, the entire hearing was streamed online. So you can, uh, you know, see it online. There, okay. There's a link there too. Um, it... Um, it's a true history lesson in cannabis prohibition because they literally explained the history of cannabis prohibition. Literally, the congressman said people were using cannabis for medicine for thousands of years. So this is something that I've said for years. This is something <laughs> cannabis advocates have said for years. But now there's a congressman wow. who is the ch chairman of the committee is saying this now. The chairman of the Judiciary Committee is now saying this. Are you, are you extremely stoked? Are you like, for fuck's sakes, finally... It, it, it was, it's truly surreal because it um, is something that 
something that I've worked to to bring into reality and something I've dreamed of for so many years. And and it didn't just happen though. That's what's so groundbreaking about it. It actually, the conversation is now so much further that not only does everybody already support cannabis legislation, the the topic, the name of the um hearing was, and I've I've got it right here, and you can check the story. I, I posted a story on the hemp guy. Um the the title of the hearing was Marijuana in America, Racial Justice and the Need for Reform. So the title Whoa. of the hearing is racial justice. Wow. In, in, the, in, in respect to marijuana laws. So the reason why it's come so far is because we could have been debating marijuana laws in America, how to reform them. They're like, we already know they need to be reformed. So now there's two bills. There's the States Act, which has been widely supported by, bar, by bipartisan senators and congresspeople. But now the issue is there's a new bill, the Marijuana Justice Act, which would not only do what the States Act does, but go much further. And they're saying that's what we need. So you're telling me that there's one bill that's about to make cannabis or yeah, cannabis legal on a federal level everywhere. Um, well, it's it's a little more complicated than that. It would um, th th there's a number of issues. It's, it's pretty complicated because we definitely are going on a state's rights issue. It's a state's rights bill. Mm. So it wouldn't necessarily legalize it federally. It would allow the states to make it, to, 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 to regulate it. Uh, it would clear up a lot of confusion um, uh, uh, j just about, um, you know, would I, I think it would solve the 280E problem, which is a major problem, uh, but it would not actually just fully legalize it. Um, in, in that sense, and, and we'll have to do another thing about the real policy issues. What's the 280E problem? Um, the 280E you, problem. You got to treat me like I'm stupid here. Exactly. Because no. you are in this world, and, and I am so out. And so I get some of it because I pay attention to it, but I don't get like when you say like the 280E or in like you. Absolutely. You get kinda, you kinda, 280E is the biggest problem facing can legal cannabis companies uh, and businesses that are operating in full compliance with state laws uh, because they're not operating under federal law. The federal taxes have this issue where um, the tax law says that they, because they're dealing with a controlled substance, they get treated as if they're a uh, crime syndicate or oh, organized so th that's crime. That's like that problem where, you know, if you have a, a head shop or, or a dispensary, dispensary you yeah. can't deposit your, cat, your money exactly. anywhere and you can't take credit cards, you can only take cash. Exactly. And then the banks won't give you a place to put it. Exactly. So, the, so now they're saying that the 280E law is about to be changed or looking at changing it? Exactly. The 280E is the number one issue that is like, it doesn't make sense for these legal dispensaries that are helping people, their healthcare centers are carrying around duffel bags of cash. This is a huge security issue. Yeah. Um, and then they have to pay their taxes, their legal taxes, because they're legal businesses in cash. <laughs> and it is just a security problem. This sounds like the wild it west. It's totally like a the cartel wild or something. This literally sounds like a cartel. Well, that's the thing. These companies, these businesses aren't cartels and they're being treated like that. Dude, and I've, so, I've seen stuff on Vice about this years ago and they're in, I remember seeing footage where literally they're in Colorado and they've got armed security people like, like, oh, they like, have like to, literally yeah. literally looks like the West where people are guarding this thing and they all know what's in it. It's nuts. That's exactly what's happening. Wow. And so that is the reason why that is one of the top issues that they want to address is because these are already, these are businesses that are already operating legally and the feds have already said, look, we are not going to enforce the federal laws because we can tell that you're totally legally operating, but these businesses are struggling to, I mean, it's just a disaster for, for, yeah. for the way so, that they're running so, their businesses so, on the day to day. So, so that so, happened today where everyone agreed on that. Yeah, so everyone agrees on that, and there's been Ed Perlmutter has a bill called the Safe Banking Act that has been moving it, making its way through. Um, there's been um, enough. I mean, there's a lot of support for change, but the issue now is that the the activists and advocates that have been working for so many years on this, they no longer want to just settle for oh we'll just pass a 280e and that's all fine like oh we'll pass the states act and then we'll get along with we'll, we'll just continue on no they want to take this opportunity when there is increased when there is pressure a and there is 
you know, the opportunity and there is the chance to pass really strong legislation. Mm, so, so it's like since they had this little opening, if they're going to get an inch, it's going to take a mile and try and get everything they want. Not everything, but, all the- but certainly more than what the Republican legislators were uh, advocating uh, today. That's crazy. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, it's, it is, it, it really is because for, for somebody who's been in the industry for a while, it's, incre- it's amazing to see how far the conversations come. And for people that, you, you know, really want to get involved, this is a really great time to call to pass the Marijuana Justice Act and to ca- call for the strongest legislation as possible for equity provisions on the state level and to make sure that this is done the right way. Because if it's not done the right way, big tobacco and big alcohol could come right in. And in two years, all the opportunity for for to to change as a paradigm to to change okay, you're going to have you're going to have to break that down <clears throat> but before big alcohol and tobacco can come in you're saying that what what was the first part like they they, 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 they want to make up for people who were jailed for exactly for these- exactly so under the current laws if somebody has a felony conviction because they used to sell cannabis um and that's no longer a crime anymore mm-hmm then they are now being excluded from a from from basic in some places they're basically not allowed to participate in the industry um now in some places they actually have equity provisions in the laws and regulations that actually say you have to have um pe- people who who uh, diversity in your board of directors mm-hmm. and in your ownership um dc for example has has a program like that maryland has a very strong program like that um the issue is that we need to make sure that those that's protected on the federal level. Because if it's not protected on the federal level, as soon as this becomes fully legal and the banks can essentially get involved, um, there's a billion, there's, there's like the billion dollar company Canopy Growth Corporation, where they can then have an outsized influence because it becomes a capitalized market. It becomes commodified. We're already going to be seeing this happening. Wait, so you're saying that if all this happens, the big worry, like you're saying now, is that other businesses could come in because now cannabis is like recognized, and this will basically flip the industry on its head. You could say that. You could say that because the industry has so far been, I mean, before it was this, it was this illicit market where there were people who were just trying to make a living and just trying to get people what they want, which is cannabis, which is not dangerous. It's as addictive as caffeine, uh, as they said in the hearing. So wow, they said that they said the, that on the, the federal level. They said that, At the, in this federal hearing, they said how addictive is they? They asked the question asked to a doctor. The doctor was asked how this compares to opioids, and he said, "Well, I can say that my father started using cannabis and ended up being able to phase out opioids." Whoa! And he said, "You know, that was one." He said that was just one case. Uh, but from a doctor's perspective, I've been he can dreaming say of this the, day. Holy shit! Oh, every, this has been—it's a total dream come true. He said. He said. So, how addictive is it? He said. Well, it's less addictive than alcohol, tobacco. He named a number of other compounds, and then he said, the the uh, dependency rate is nine percent, about that of caffeine. And then, chuckles and laughs were heard throughout the room, throughout the hearing room, because he said it. What everyone has been saying for years, what everyone wanted to say, what everyone wanted to hear. The truth is. The cannabis does not is not a gateway drug. It does not have the dependency of opioids or any of those drugs like alcohol or tobacco for that matter. He said it's like caffeine in the federal hearing room. Wow. Dude, my mind is blown that everyone agreed on this. It's it's everybody in the room certainly agreed. There's other people who are like, how did this, how is this getting so far? I mean, it's it's amazing. But those people are such a minority now that we really do have the conversation is so is 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 about racial justice now. The, everybody oh, wow. knows that cannabis yeah. reform is necessary. Everybody knows it's happening. He said, you know, I have we have a colleague. Her name, by the way, is Dr. Sue Sisley. She's been a uh, cannabis researcher uh, for specifically for veterans with PTSD. Uh, veterans need cannabis. Uh, they're being prescribed opioids. The I don't even want to go into the suicide rates. It is tragic, and cannabis can actually help the veterans. Big facts. So she got a license from the DEA to do research on this. 
Wow. Okay, which is not easy at all. It took her many, many, many years to do this. She got the license from the DEA, so she is doing the research, and her cannabis all has to come from the University of Mississippi, the only group to ever produce cannabis for the DEA, and they actually compared the THC levels of the cannabis in for available for research as closer in THC limit of hemp than of the marijuana that you can buy these days. The medical marijuana, so, so they basically and the medical cannabis. They were using some some trash ass bud. Like they were using some, some ditch weed. So it they, they should have been using some. Oh God! And they I were mean, using like that what for, you would call it's it's like um what you would yeah, call like getting mids. swag. Yeah, the swag. What you would the call shit from Mexico. Exactly. It's they're they're growing it because they do not have the genetics. I mean, the level why, why of... Why would they go to Mississippi when they could go to Colorado? Well, that's the thing. They could go to thing, California. Because that's not grown by the federal government, under the federal government. The University of Mississippi had a monopoly on this for decades, and they still haven't changed their basic regulations what do you because mean, what, what it's do you mean still they had a, a Schedule one drug. They had a monopoly on the grow for the government. For the government, exactly. There used to be... There were famously... Um, like seven patients that were legally getting medical marijuana. The, the government realized, the federal government realized that medical marijuana helps people. And so there were seven people that got mailed joint tins of pre-rolled cigarettes filled with marijuana, with cannabis from this one University of Mississippi um, uh, growing operation just because that's what they, they were just doing it as an agri, like they had a very small program. Now this was for years. In the past five years, 10 years, the cannabis growing technology and just level is, I mean, literally, you've been able to watch it over the past five years. You go into a dispensary, you look at the THC levels, yeah, and the it's, testing, it's off the charts. I mean, I mean, the weed now compared to what they are probably growing in Mississippi with that swag weed, you can't run tests on that or, 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 or provide that information to the government. So or what are they going to do about that? Like, what's the situation with that? So that's why they're saying that they need to, we, we need to reschedule it. But the, the issue is that now, why would we reschedule it to just another schedule on the Controlled Substances Act when we can actually say we need nationwide decriminalization, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Facts. We need to make sure that states are being respected so that they can actually regulate this how they want. And we need to just make sure that we have equity in mind when when we're creating an entirely new program. This is a brand new industry from the ground up, and we need to make sure that uh, th- that we're that now that we're in this moment of time. It seems like everyone realized that Pandora's box could open or something like that. Well, like, Pandora's box on cannabis is open. Okay. And the racial justice community is now, and the movement that has been a huge movement in this country is now saying, we're not going to let cannabis just become another industry that just is another white collar privilege industry where, um, you know, the same people, the same, uh, you know, 1% of the 1% who are in venture capital can just, you know, exploit Kind of this like, industry kind and exploit of like these tobacco, people. Kind of like tobacco these days. Exactly. It's the, the tobacco is a good example of what can happen, which is it's the health. I mean, tobacco in and of itself is not nearly as bad no, but as the, the fact, industry that it's become. No, but the fact that there's just two, there's just a couple of massive corporations oh, exactly. that control them, and like there's no one knows anyone around us that's growing tobacco and selling their own cigarettes, right? Exactly. Like I'm sure, I'm sure it's a lot harder than even doing that. It's, 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 so, so the, so I just read on, uh, cause I just read from a friend said there's 26 strains of tobacco, but nobody asks what strain your thing is. And so we're already seeing it be commodified where you might, there will be big brands where you will be able to buy marijuana cigarettes. It will be like that. We just need to make sure that the people that make a billion dollars we could spread that out over communities in mm. opportunity zones, for example. You know, I was just learning about opportunity zones. Like, we need to make sure this this incredible opportunity does not get concentrated by the same people who've gotten all the opportunities and are already billionaires. A billionaire doesn't need to make $2 billion because they had the money to capitalize on this incredible opportunity, which they had no part in. The people who had a part in this were... 
the people that have been saying this for years, that cannabis should not be a crime. Cannabis is a can, can be a medicine for people, so, for so, millions so, of people. So what do you do? Like, how do you make it? racially equal like what it what what do they that's the marijuana justice act and so what would that do like it's what it's what senator it's what the senate minority leader chuck schumer came out and said when he did that i was like the minority leader is now coming out for a step ahead of 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 just cannabis decriminalization it is it is another level above that and that's why there's a lot of equity provisions um in the state is i mean it comes down to each state should and does have the power to regulate as they want. What doesn't make any sense is that these states, like literally, they threatened to arrest the mayor of D.C. The chairman of the House Oversight Committee threatened to arrest her for implementing a law that she passed because it's against federal law. And so what this, but there's already a lot of pressure, a huge amount of pressure on Congress to act on the federal laws because so many states have are already, this is already a billion dollar business. Yeah. In California, in Colorado, in states <clears throat> across the country that have not only adult use, but have medical and have, and, and are, if they haven't already passed it, they are, it's at the top of their list because people are moving out of places to get, to get access. And now more way, I mean, it's a huge, huge, a majority of the country now has access to cannabis, but it doesn't make sense because it's federally illegal. And when, when you, I don't mean to cut you off, but when you talk about like the rate, you said <clears throat> the title of the hearing, it was the racial equal, say it again. Racial justice. The racial justice. Racial justice. <laughs> the, the title of the hearing when, when was, the, when I hear that, the it always sounds Judiciary like a subcommittee on crime, marijuana laws in America. Racial justice. So, what would that mean? For what, what would that mean for a city like DC that is predominantly black? Is that is it like a white versus black thing, or is it just like a rich versus people who aren't as rich thing? Well, it's there's a there's you know I don't really want to get into the to the weeds of all the things. Okay, so those are so like the much weeds, going weeds. on. Okay, there's I mean there's so many moving parts here, um, but the the opportunity the the the, the main concept is that. Um, there are, if somebody was arrested for marijuana, mm -hmm. um, and, and I want to say cannabis because cannabis is the true term, but, you know, ma marijuana I, I, is, is another word for it. Um, although it's a word that was made up by the government, I mean, it's a racist word and it's not, you know, they, they use that. It's called cannabis. Marijuana. Um, Exactly. It's like literally, they were Pop, talking like about... Like bad words to call weed. They were literally, in the hearing today, they were talking about the history of marijuana prohibition with Harry J. Anslinger and his racist motivations, and Congressman Hakeem wow. Jeffries asked the panelists, he said, he said, Did, is this what the newspaper said? And he said things that were really racially charged. This was the era of this of fake news. They invented fake news, to, specifically to say that cannabis uh, makes people violent, and that and the cannabis is only being used by um, my, by by minorities like Mexicans and um, uh, and and uh, African Americans yeah. because they. Um, because that is what it was. That is how they banned it. They banned it by creating a scare with uh, reefer madness. And that is exactly what happened. And they went over that entire history in the United States Judiciary Committee, uh, subcommittee. So sorry, there's this guy with his motorcycle oh, literally really in again. front of the window. Okay, okay, thank God. That was crazy. Wow, dude. So today was epic as shit. Holy it was crap. Epic. So is this like a day in history kind of day? Day in history kind of day. Wow. And that's coming from a guy who's been in it for 10 plus years. Absolutely. So where do we go? Let me, I, I can, I can read you the, the update from Justin Streckel, who's the incredible like ac advocate who this works. Blow my mind. Um, shit. I mean, I remember, I remember being with my friends when I was younger, we would all get high as fuck and we would talk about stuff like this becoming like a reality. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, when it, when it was on the federal level being recognized, like this was stuff that was just, I don't know, I I always thought dreamt of stuff like this, like 
Yeah. Both and, parties agreed. And, and, and I dreamt of this day, uh, and, it, and it really happened. So I can just read this email that was sent out earlier today from my friend Justin Streckel um, of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. I just walked out of the House Judiciary Committee hearing on marijuana laws in America and can say with confidence that our movement's power is cresting. There's widespread consensus by members of both political parties that this is time to reform our failed policy of federal prohibition. Now the question is not when, it's how. And we're proud to stand on the front lines. Um, so it's, it is really exciting because it's not only happening, but we are actually in control because the Democrats control the House and because the, the Democrats have felt like they really are fighting now, mm -hmm. like they're really in the position to fight. They're pushing the conversation much further than we thought we were able to push it a few years ago. And that's what's so exciting is that we actually can really, the, the industry is already showing it's a huge, huge business opportunity. And yeah. we are now able to say, let's make sure that these opportunities are available for the people that deserve the opportunities. Um, mm, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know about this whole swing of Democrats feeling like they're really fighting, like they really have a lot of influence now. Well, the election that brought in the, this historic freshman class, people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she, she is kind of like the leader of a... She's not the... I'm not saying she's the leader. She, on Twitter and on the, social is she, is media... Is she like low-key like the figurehead yeah, right now? She's been the most famous. Yeah. She's the spotlight has been on her, but yeah, she everyone is, talks but about she's AOC. Not, but she's not just solely her. She's actually part of a movement of the most one of the most revolutionary freshman classes um to to come into congress uh to it's the youngest so she's the like most Le she's women like, she's like lebron james right now of of congress i mean well no i don't want to say that because <laughs> because that's uh quite a good but no, AOC, sorry, i'm just making a joke let, there. But, but let me say the what aoc inspired not only is she an inspiration to she's clearly i mean it's she was one of the biggest upsets of political history she unseated joseph crowley who was at the time one of the most powerful democrats wow so she nobody even thought like what were they th they didn't even i mean the polls were wrong well, it's they, what she represents she represents a new mind a new thought process like the the young people finally have a chance to speak their voice to to raise their voice to you know say how they feel and she's that person exactly she, she represents that, face. that new generation that new face that new shift that new tide the new paradigm and, she, and she's just stirring shit up and she and she and she has hit it she's on instagram she's on twitter she knows how to get the young people really fired up about this um but what i'm saying is that she is one member but there's uh, dozens of new members that are that that are just really shaking it up, oh, wow. and also inspiring a new generation and really kind of putting the party platform. You know, the Democratic Party has to like deal with this. The Republican Party was already kind of dealing with, with this with you know the Freedom Caucus, where you know the party uh, politics, where it's just like just listen to what the party leaders say and we'll we'll just you know keep everything. It's it's changing now and. The, the the Democrats in power, you know, the the fact that the um, uh, chair the, the chairwoman of this committee, I mean, it's like Maxine Waters is now the chair of a committee. Like this is like a whole new. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is still the speaker. Like it is all of the things that were, and now much more. They're taking it as the Democrats are taking this as far as they can. Because they for, right. I mean, that's what's that's what's happening. Wait, are you saying that the new class of Democrats? are affecting the older class of Democrats in some way? Certainly. Like, they're like, certainly like, pushing the like, party very far left. Oh, so that's what's happening. So they're the ones I mean, bringing, these, watching, like, bringing these like uh, very hardcore social justice rules into yes. effect. So, for example, if you were watching the uh, presidential debates of the Democratic primary of 20 <laughs> Democrats Yeah, I, I saw both days. I saw um, both days. Fantastic. And so, you know, that, you know, obviously there's been a whole lot of talk about the Kamala Harris versus Joe Biden. Oh, Jesus. That was a big thing that came I mean, out. It was yeah. a huge thing. And the reason why is because racial justice is at the forefront mm -hmm. of what our country is looking at. And, um, and, and so it's, that's what's happening. And so it's happening in everything. And it just means that everything is being pushed in a direction that is 
you know, the reason why that's top news is because it's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. But that's what's happening in the cannabis is the title of the hearing is racial justice. Oh, and so I it's, see. So they even affected that. Yeah. Okay. Now it all makes sense. It's, it's, it's all part of a really big, there's a really big movement for systematic and systemic change to, because, because it, it ch- change paradigmatic para, paradigm change to change. Yeah. The, it sounds like, it sounds like the, Huh? To change the to change the systemic issues that have been facing this country. Are you yeah, trying to say, Amir? Wait here, hold, hold hold up here. I'm on no, path. I think he's just. I, I, I think he's just saying I need okay, to chill yeah. a little bit. I'm getting kind of hyped. Right oh, here. I thought you were. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm because I'm getting hyped. I mean, literally this morning I was on Capitol Hill, three-piece suit. All the things were happening, and so I'm just. I was earlier today. Yes. No, you can just ask, and then I'll answer. So, hey, what's up, guys? Um, no, no. So, I, I want to ask how many people are on your staff, and I want to know how many people from D.C. are on your staff, and want to, then after that, I want to know how many black people are on the staff, because it needs to be, it needs to be a diversity even in the workplace to get the message across. And you can ask it however you like. Thank you for taking my um, question. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're the guest or something, Amir. <laughs> I feel like when you're standing asking your question, it makes like a whole different vibe. I was just going to hand you the mic and say it from there. You can feel like way more relaxed or something, dude. Thank, thank you so much for your great question. Did, did, you, did you get what he was trying to say? Um, I did. Well, the first thing is I wish that I had a big staff okay. that was big and diverse. Um, and I'd love to have that staff. Let's, let's talk about how to make it happen. Absolutely. Um, so to, um, I'm, you, you know, my name is Ben Drose and you can, uh, my website is thehempguy.com. I'm right now running a pretty small shop. I run a consulting group called Drose Group. Um, I am definitely looking to staff up. I'm definitely looking to get some clients and raise some money to really make that possible. Oh, um, it's so important to support the, you know, there's a, to, to support that. So thank you so much for that uh, question. So absolutely, as soon as I get the budget, I will certainly. Is that what you meant? Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty absolutely. Much. Yeah, this yeah, all, like, yeah. I, I don't think this is as big as you think it is. Yeah. Oh, word. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, um, and then, um, and then, as far as I, I mean, as far as bringing diversity into the workplace, it is so important, and that's what this movement is about: mm-hmm. is bringing that diversity in. It is. It's just better. That's what we're learning. It's 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 better, and that's why uh, these program these provisions, these equity provisions, make sure that, for example, if you want to open a dispensary in D.C., you have to hire people from D.C. You have to have. Oh, wow. and, that's and that, really cool. And that is part of the law in D.C. The mayor is right now putting together the and program. So, and so that's how they spread that equity you're talking about. Yes, exactly. When 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 all of a sudden when shit starts hitting the fan and when it's recognized by federal government. When all this money starts happening, they want it to not go to just the same people, but also they want a lot of the profit from that to go to stuff like that, the jobs. And is there anything about they're helping people who were incarcerated from it at all? Absolutely. What's the the situation on that? The situation is that, so actually Jay-Z just like yesterday or something announced that he's now partnering uh, with a major company out in Los Angeles. Of course he is. He's a smart dude. I mean, obviously, I mean, this is a huge, Mike Tyson has a 400 acre retreat. Um, You know, this is Snoop Dogg is is in business with uh, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart is an official advisor to Canopy Growth Corporation. There's a lot of stuff happening. Grab a chair. Um, There's a lot of stuff happening. I'm going to tell you why there's a lot of stuff happening. I'm going to tell you why. We're going to grab you a chair, Mir. First of all, all these okay. people working work with the feds. You dig what I'm saying? Look at look at the people that you just named. Look at everybody you just named. Martha Stewart, fed. Snoop Dogg, fed. Oh, he's been in the prison system. Um, uh, every everybody, as far as that's concerned, they're able to get criminals into the system. Um. So yeah. So the thing is. That, um, 
Anyways, exactly. These are, it's, it, that, that's the issue is that right now it's a great opportunity for, um, for, for business people and we want to make sure it's equitable. So Jay-Z just signed on to this partnership and he wants to help do workforce development. Make sure that the people who get these jobs are the people who deserve these jobs, the people who can, it can actually help communities as opposed to just extracting and exploiting the communities and saying, oh, buy our cannabis, but none of the money is going to go back into your community. And so that's a big part of it. And there's equity provisions. Maryland has some great laws. Uh, and DC is right now working how, on- How exactly would they exploit a community? Well, think about how if, um, you know, like Walmart is totally different, but let's just talk about that, which is when it's mom and pop shops, then the money goes to the people who live in the community. But if it is a corporation that owns, you know, 100 dispensaries in states across the country, that money is going to shareholders. The people are working for minimum wage and the money is going into a corporation. It's a publicly traded company. And the people who are really benefiting are those people who bought stock in their, in, in their early fundraising rounds because those are the people who are really going to, going to see those returns. Whereas, yeah, people have been predicting this coming for quite some time. So it's like, oh, now's the time to jump on it. But what you're saying is it puts a lot of the power back into the normal people. Well, that's what we're trying to make. I mean, it's, it's uh, people are going to make money. Cannabis is before cartels were making billions of dollars. Like literally, it's insane how much money cartels can make because cannabis is a agriculture crop that people can grow. You can grow it high tech in greenhouses with all the best technology. Or if you're a farmer, if you're in Northern California or in you know a place that has fertile farmland, you can just grow it on a farm. Um, especially when you're talking about, uh, you, you know, when you're growing it outdoors. So it can be used to benefit those farmers and benefit the communities and benefit people uh, who, are, who are owner operators Rather than if um, if a if a well capitalized company comes, you know, just says, "Oh, we're just going to buy all of your dispensaries. You all can retire." But now that generational wealth we're now putting into, uh, you know, our corporation, that opportunity. One thing, as far as Jay Z and Rockefeller and all that stuff, Jay Z is pretty much. That company is owned by the Russians. Owned by, right? the owned by the Russians. They were the ones who took stock and just put it, just put it down. Just, just take it off. Just take it off. Um, they were pretty much the ones to buy stock in Rockaware and things of that nature. Hence Jay-Z being some type of owner of the Brooklyn Nets, which is on which was owned within a what two months, three months ago by a Russian guy. But anyway. Moving right along, yeah, I absolutely. think um, that it's a it's a it's a problem that is not going to be uh, fixed because there has to be when you're dealing with cannabis and things of that nature. It shouldn't be for everyone. Everything is not for everyone, you know, like alcohol. You know, some people act a damn fool when they drink. Absolutely, absolutely, and and, yeah. um, and I think that it should be controlled to, in a certain sense. No, regulation I, is important, and I that's think, what they're talking about. I is think regulation is important. When it's regulated, you can card people before they buy it. You know, they were saying the reason why we want to regulate it is because. Being unregulated, a high school kid can get cannabis easier than they can get alcohol, and they shouldn't be able to get either one. You're in high school, you know. It's but right I there. was there in high school, and actually, the my, my one of the great comments, uh, you know, was from uh, the Republican Congressman uh, McClintock, who has been a cannabis supporter for many years, and he really wanted to focus on the cannabis issues. Um, he wasn't as interested in the racial justice issues. He was interested in the cannabis issues. And he said something so funny. He said, um, he said young people uh, have, a, have an issue with excess. Excess is part of being young. And a lot of times it's not that dangerous and they just have to learn through experience. It's like you get drunk, you have a hangover and you learn not to do it. And we try to make it as safe as possible. You cannot be making it any more dangerous um, then it, and, and so with cannabis, 
Um, he thinks that one of the reasons why kids want to use this because they think, oh, it's illegal. Like in places like Colorado, youth use by youth has gone down because it's now not as it's not illegal. It's it's not as taboo. It's like if you want it, you got you have to have an mm -hmm. ID. You have to ha you have to be old enough. You go into a place. It's professional. And why would you? And, and then you're not going to sell it to kids if you just bought it from a dispensary. So it's a totally. So it's 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 been really good. Regulation is very important, and it's at the top of the priority list for sure. Um, and but what you were saying earlier about keeping big business from the local things. That's what I'm trying to understand. Isn't that just capitalism anyways? Like if these small guys start a business and big in, in big pharma or whatever it is, wants to buy them out, can't they just do it anyways? Like yes, how, how can you actually stop that? No, no, you can't stop that. That's part of capitalism. That's going to be happening for sure. We just want to make sure that we can give the opportunities to the people that deserve it right now while we can. And certainly changing these laws that say that, you know, people who've been arrested for cannabis, it's like, these are the people who have already dedicated their lives to cannabis. They've already had their lives in some ways, people have had their lives ruined from just yeah. cannabis. Yeah, 100%. Cannabis possession. Just selling, buying, No, whatever. not even selling or buying. Just people, people have been arrested just for having cannabis, just for possessing it. And... In, and now those people, in some cases, and, and now in some cases, those people do not have the um, ability to participate in the industry. And that's, and that's what's changing. And um, I mean, that's, this isn't my... Wait, it, they, they, they can't participate after they serve their time in? They're, they're, in they're, some they're like, cases... They're, they're excommunicated they from are, it, essentially? In, in some cases, the laws, the, the laws say that they can't be... Uh, involved in the businesses. It's I don't know all of the details. That's a, that's a weird like little um, law. But no, and and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me just let me just let me just first um, just preface. You know, I'm a I've been in the cannabis industry. I've been working on policy. My expertise professionally has been in low THC varieties of cannabis, i.e., hemp. Um, so everything I'm talking about is just, I'm just going off because you keep asking me the questions, but I'm not an expert on this. I definitely recommend uh, Drug Policy Alliance. They've been leading on this. Um, there's, there's organizations. There's, you need to watch the testimony. Those are the actual experts on this, not me. So just, just saying no, I'm just no, no, you know, helping to get the issue, get, get the word out, but definitely... Um, you know, I definitely right. recommend you checking out the the hearing and then following up on these people's great organizations. So look, I'm trying to say this. Check this out right here. So it's almost like you taking um, like steroids or something like that, and you hitting like uh, you may go from 30 to 100. If you were a previous criminal selling drugs, marijuana, whatever, whatever, you got a head start on everybody else. You just come back and be like, yo, I'm on. You got like... Exactly. <laughs> legally, legally. So now you got like, you be like, yo, I got like 50 clients. Exactly. I'm taking <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They can't do that shit. That's a cheap fucking motherfucker, man. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that, yo. You can't, you can't go to jail and get arrested for that. If you already sell you, you haven't been arrested for it. You just haven't been caught. And then it's fair game. But if you go to jail and then you're like, yo, I want to start this, start this uh, hemp company. Well, what you go to jail for? Selling hemp. Are you fucking kidding me? But like, for example, <laughs> so for example, to give a little uh, background, so there's a big expungement movement. It's like Meaning, if you were arrested for okay. cannabis possession. Like cleaning up the record. Exactly. And that's no longer a crime. Then we want to expunge your record so that you no longer have a criminal record for something that's no longer a crime. But how now, can you make up for the time someone spent while, while they were alive, like, well, that's, that's what, that's what the issue is. And that's a whole other debate. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I th this that's isn't really one. my thing. If there were other, you know, people we could talk up with actual experts in who, who deal with this. I'm just here okay, to okay, that, that, yeah. tell you about the issues Dude, you're that the, you're people an, you're are an talking about. You're an expert to me and anyone who's listening right now. So like, Thank you. like, come on, you've been in, in, in the mud doing this. Like how often do you lobby? Like, is that the right put? How often, like, is it a daily thing you do? I was a full-time lobbyist. I used to work 80 hours a week or more just working around the clock to, uh, you know, to, to really just, I would be emailing 
congressional offices as much as possible. Then I'd be calling, just cold calling all of the offices and just saying, j just getting meetings. And then I was meeting with these offices and having, you know, putting on the suit and tie and hitting the halls. I would go all the time. We would be doing it. Like literally, I was just living and breathing this because it was, I felt it was the most important thing. And I also wanted to do it because I wanted to show that really, you know, the government is there to work for the people. So we are allowed to call our representatives. And I was there to encourage people to do that and to, to train them and to give them so the talking so, points. So you would call um, them all the time, like the representatives, you'd call them and then set up meetings to come and talk about cannabis legalization. I was talking about hemp legalization. Hemp, oh, sorry, hemp legalization. Um, but, it, but hemp is a type of cannabis. So yes, cannabis legalization. Absolutely. Dude, cannabis reform. Why do cannabis you reform. Why do you care so much about hemp? The reason why I care about hemp specifically is because I'm very concerned about pollution uh, in the uh, in Earth. How does hemp cure that? And uh, you know, climate change I think is concerning. Uh, what the scientists are saying, uh, what AOC has been saying. Hey, listen, maybe we should listen to the scientists. Um, you know, the Green New Deal is. It is is or is not the best way to do this, but we need to address this in a very serious way because even if the scientists are completely off base, they're still there's their proje projections. It's not like I can already feel, you know, in in if the storms get worse, farmers are already experiencing real problems. The ocean is very terribly polluted. So you and, care about it a lot because of the environmental and, impact, and because hemp can be used to replace plastics. It can be used to replace paper. We shouldn't have to be too? cutting down any trees. We could, you can use it to make oil and fuel. There's no reason why we should be still in the industrial age when we're now in the technological age and you can make batteries. We do not have to be mining for lithium when we can create hemp supercapacitor batteries and we we just Whoa, have you, to you invest hemp, you can turn hemp into battery somehow you can you can turn hemp into you could turn hemp into 25,000 products in 1937 that was before i mean 1937 like what could you even what was their technology in 1937 and they could make 25,000 products then the first plastic Cellophane plastic, the word cellophane is derived from the word cellulose because originally cellophane plastic was made from cellulose. It was part of what's called the Kemergy movement. Uh, George Washington Carver, we remember he made all this stuff out of peanuts. And I wrote a report on him in, in, you know, in elementary school or something like, he made stuff out of peanuts, but not realizing that he was actually creating plastics from plant-based cellulose and using this technology to create wow. a bio-based economy before there were people who made billions of dollars from oil wells. This was before they had the power to influence Holy how shit. Congress makes laws to give them subsidies, billions of dollars in fossil fuel subsidies, when we could be instead employing farmers to create a bio-based economy. And... This is all history. This all happened, and now is the time when people need to understand that and, and step up and, and really change this. And hemp can change that because hemp is a resource that can change all of that. And a bio-based economy essentially means zero waste, or not zero, but a lot less waste and pollution So first that affects, of all, that affects our ozone layer and everything. Exactly. First of all, single-use plastics that are, do not decompose doesn't make any sense. So we're right now in this situation where we're actually subsidizing that by by subsidizing fossil fuels and having this situation how we are. We are willingly and knowingly creating single-use plastics that do not decompose. If we invested in the, if we created incentives to 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 help channel investments towards a bio-based economy. It would happen, but we have to embrace that, and we have to embrace thinking out of the box and really doing a paradigm shift, and that's why there's so much focus on racial justice is because we need to be thinking, we need to be pushing this much further than we're doing. The communities that are being affected, that are being harmed by climate change are 
communities that cannot afford to be making these investments. Um, th but they're the ones that are going to be most harmed are, are, are the, are those communities. And, and so and we what need to, what kind of communities are you talking about? Like what's an example of a community that's like very harmed by, well, on a global scale, there's a global, po I, like when I talk about poverty, I'm not talking about poverty in the U S I'm talking about on a global scale. Yeah. Poverty is a, like there are people that could be displaced millions of people that, you know, farmers in India, Farmers in India, it is so sad and their suicide rates are so high. It is tragic what's happening. And we and 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 it's because of a global system that is just exploiting them. But but that's a whole other issue. I'm going too far. No, 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 I'm no, no, going no, too no, deep. no, real quick. But, but I'm going too deep. No, but no, that's why not, I like not, hemp, because, is because hemp could help them. Hemp could help them. And that's why I really uh, am passionate about hemp. Hemp can help the good, help change the world, whereas cannabis can help heal the world. Right. Um, but but hemp can actually help heal the world, We're not just the people. Okay. But hemp can also help heal people as well. It can help a lot of people. With uh, hemp extracts. It can do a lot of things. I'm, I'm asking you the tough questions because that's what I'm Ask the tough questions. Let's go. You know what I mean? So, tough questions. I mean, just real questions. I mean, Absolutely. I can't say tough, real, you know what I'm saying? It's whatever. But I heard you say that, you know, that it's a global thing. Growing is a global thing. My question for you is, how can this help the quote-unquote black community here? We start off small. Here in the D.C. area. I can't say DMV because that doesn't have the same law. D.C. How does DC. that help people in the D.C. area? Absolutely. So specifically, the so cannabis, as you know, is legal in the district. Yes. Initiative 71 uh, created a uh, decriminalization policy where any resident of D.C. can grow cannabis in their home if it's allowed under those laws. And that's one of the things that uh, Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton um, introduced the bill to make sure that even if you're in in housing, you should be able to, uh, to to do these laws, and you should be able to grow and use cannabis um, if you're if you're in housing. So, um, DC has uh, has this opportunity where the mayor, who is this incredible, uh, I mean, DC has a huge amount of cannabis leadership. Like, I cannot talk more enough. I mean, Congre when 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 Mayor Muriel Bowser got up on television and he. And she said, and she said, my police chief, who is uh, Kathy Lanier, another woman, said, we are standing strong and we're going to allow our residents to, uh, to use cannabis and not, uh, uh, and not arrest them. That was, a, that was a major thing. There's so much leadership in D.C. The president of Women Grow is Dr. Shonda Massius. Um, and she is a, it's a, she's a woman, uh, and also the, she owns a dispenser. She's the president. Another uh, woman is Linda Mercado Green. Um, and so these, these are the people that can answer that question much better um, because uh, Linda Mercado Green opened a dispensary in Anacostia and she is, uh, you know, as, you know, one of the chairs of the uh, uh, Minority Business Council for Marijuana, uh, the Minority um, the, the MCBA, Minority Cannabis Business Association. Um, and so those are the groups that can answer this question much better. I just want to make sure to say to check out the MCBA because they can answer the question. But if you need me to answer it, the, uh, the mayor has introduced, has, has uh, made public, has released her draft legislation that has these equity provisions yeah, that yeah, do yeah. exactly what yeah, you're yeah. talking about. I, I want to ask a question about that. So once they introduced this bill, how many... How many people were freed based off of the, the 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 marijuana cannabis becoming legal that were on charges based off of cannabis? That's what I'm saying marijuana. is that I'm not an expert in this, but I believe that Illinois okay. has just expunged no, 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 no. thousands and thousands and thousands of people's records. New York is looking at an equity program. Everybody is looking at equity not, programs right now and expungement programs. Okay. But I'm not an expert in that, so I would have to check the websites for these great organizations, Drug Policy that. Alliance, yes, MCBA. Sir. Yes, sir. But I'm only talking about Washington, D.C. How many people use... You I'm not, I'm not, that's the thing. I'm not an expert in that. I really wish I could answer that, but I'm just here to, you know, shoot the stuff. But there's is, is, lots is, of great is, is people that we could like bring it, on the show. 
to talk about that. I, I, I would like, I would like to yeah. There's lots of I, I would be super so, interested in, in so knowing people amazing, you, you could so, refer to. So really cool. the people who you have to watch the hearing and go to their websites, and there's so many people working on this. There's so much great work. If I don't know if you can share their links uh, with the with the with the one with the listeners because if you if you so if you share them with me when I post this video, I'll put it in the bio. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, or you can like put exactly because. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the bio, but there's so many resources. There's so many people doing great work. If you just Google, um, you know, five minutes, you can find so many great people doing so many great things. And um, so I want to make sure that I'm not a rep. I'm just, you know, telling what I know. Yeah, no, and, no, and no, no, no. I, I get that. I get I that. Um, but but the DC program, the DC program is is a leader in the equity program. That's what they want to do. The mayor has made it a priority that she wants to be a leader in the country for this. Um, we've got leadership, Linda Mercado Green, Dr. Sean Damasius. They give like you can Google them in YouTube. L- Linda Mercado Green has a great podcast. She talks about this stuff all the time. Um, so better. I would definitely check out her podcast because she she's such a true leader that. That, that I would just say, uh, check her out, for sure. She is born and raised. She's like Anacostia. She's like, uh, she was the chief of staff to mayor, uh, the, to, to mayor for life, D.C. Marion Barry. Barry. She was his chief of staff. Well, dude, I mean, you're the closest thing I know to anyone who's close to any of these policies or anything that's going on. So, you know, I don't expect you to know everything, but what you do know is b- blow my goddamn mind, dude. Holy shit. I'm glad I could catch you on such like a momentous day. I know. I said, I, I mean, I've been wanting to do a podcast, but then I in about other stuff, but we got really deep into it because today was a momentous day. And, and so I wanted to... Say for the record, this is 710, July 10th, 2019, the first hearing in the the first hearing in the Judiciary Committee. And um, so I just had to had to drop it for the record. <laughs> All off the top of the dome. I didn't do any research for this uh, for this uh, now, podcast. Ben, I was you just completely there to... dropped it, man. You you blew my mind, but so my last question is is so what happens now? But like, like, so what, after today, it seems like everyone's on like a big high from, from all this happening. So what happens next? Like what was, well, what I would do is I would just, uh, Google what the news is saying about this hearing because the, the people who are, no, I want to hear what you have been mentioned in, in your opinion. Like what, 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 happens what, next? what my opinion is that what's happening now is cannabis is really, there's really a lot of pressure on Congress to do something. We're really seeing that pressure continuing to build. And the um, and so now there's two sides. There's one side that says, let's look at incrementalism. Let's just pass the States Act and then we'll pass another law later, um, you know, once the pressure isn't as strong. And then there's another side that says, no, while this pressure is so much pressure, let's continue to hyper-focus that pressure to passing a strong piece of legislation that our group of coalitions can agree upon. Um, the human rights, uh, I mean, literally, the, 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 there was just a memorand- a, a um, statement of principles released by a coalition of groups that, that we're going to link you to. That is, that's what the new, that's the new edge. They just released that statement of principles yesterday. The new edge is the whether new they try edge. to hash what baby steps or take one giant step towards the, what they can get away with now. Not get, not get away with what they can We're going to see. We're going to yeah. see what happens. But the, the edge is what the, what the, what that edge is. And that edge is this statement of principles, this racial, how racial justice is going, how we can address racial justice issues with cannabis. Wow. Because, because just passing cannabis, that's no longer, that's no longer good enough. We, exactly. We need, we need, we have a multi-pronged approach here. We're going to solve multiple it's, problems it's, it's, with this it's, it's, legislation. It's a complex problem. And, it is and are, very are, complex. Are you, are you guys worried that it gets caught up in being too complex? It's complex. It will be very complex. It is a complex issue because it's, some people like, and, and that's why we can talk about it for days and days. Okay, okay. Check out my podcast, The Hemp Guy. Check out yeah, Linda Mercado Green's podcast. She's got a great podcast. I seriously am 
in the works working on interviewing top experts to ask them about this. I told you not to get too far into the weeds because it's a very complex issue. No, no, I wanted to get um, into the weeds because you're but, the guy uh, to get in the weeds with. And personally, absolutely. and personally, dude, like I've always had my ear to this. Dude, I wrote a paper in college about hemp. Like, what the? F- absolutely. Like, so I kind of knew a lot of this. Yeah, thank you, Ben. So. Well, absolutely. And I'm also here just to get the conversation going. I just really want to get people thinking, think, knowing what the conversation is so they can know wh- where the conversation is so that they can also do. It's important just to be educated because if you go onto these websites I've just mentioned, they have all this information and they have the talking points. They have the action alerts, how you can take action and make a difference and get involved. I'm just here to kind of really put fire on that conversation so people know like, it is a lot going on in the conversation. It's and 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 it's not just like oh let's just sit back and watch cannabis become legal. It's like no, we need to continue pushing, especially while the iron's hot. We need to keep the iron hot. We need to keep pushing while we can, so awesome. that we can make a really big impact. And we can make that impact. And today was an historic day, uh, but it's not a day to you know pat ourselves on the back. It's a day to say wow. This conversation, we need to keep pushing it because there's a lot of pressure on Congress right now, and that's hell what yeah. it's about. Well, hell yeah, Ben. Dude, thank you so much for coming on and blowing all of our minds, and I can't wait to see this day go down history, and I can't wait to see what happens. Absolutely. And and also, like I said, we should probably do another one where I'm wearing the three-piece suit where I've... I don't know, I man. Have, I, I think this is pretty I good. Have, well, let me just say because... I can be so much more. Pro- I just want you to know that my professionalism can be so much higher game. I could have a computer in front of me nah, with the, with the, dot, with the want, information. This is the underground. Nah, I, wanted, I wanted this. This ben. is the underground. Well, let me just give you a shout out because this T-shirt, even though it is a T-shirt, I don't usually like to wear T-shirts. It is made out of hemp. This, this is Hemp 2020. Cool. Check out Hemp 2020, Young Maven. I'm wearing hemp shorts right now oh, as damn. well. So I'm wearing hemp on hemp. Uh, these are like almost hemp shoes, but I'm like wearing hemp on hemp. Um, just like casual. You got me on that casual. Wait, wait, real quick. What's up with the bowl? Like, it's it's like, as soon as you put the bowl on, you came like superhero Ben, dude. I mean, I just had to Is that like a, like a superstition you've been rocking while you've been lobbying? It's, I just got to wear that hemp bolo tie. You know, I got to do it. YOLO bolo. You know, I've got the hemp bolos. I mean, I can't even go into it all right now. You're going to have to yeah. <laughs> learn more. You're going to have to stay tuned for more on that. We'll have to do that on the next one. Yeah, we'll, yeah. after this. Um, but that's yolobolo.com. Obviously, you can get the bolos, the hemp bolos there, handcrafted. Awesome. Well, By yours truly, made right here in this studio, 520. Oh, you make them for Yolo Bolo? I make Yolo Bolo here in 520. How do I rock a Yolo Bolo? Yo, we'll, we'll get on that on that next episode. Yeah. All right. Oh. All right, guys. That's it. That's the angle. Peace.